Hey there, Mando fans. It's me, Josh, head of the Twist of My Arm Network. And me, Jesse, frozen in carbonite and dragged along for the ride. And thanks for checking out Questing. You're going to hear us ask you to call in and contribute to the show, but unfortunately, it's already over. So don't do it. We recorded this show live, but now it's just a regular old podcast. That's right. The Mando is in the can. But if you want to be part of our next show, you can start doing that right now. Starting in January, we're going to be watching Firefly every Friday night, and you can join us live. Follow Twist My Arm on Facebook to be notified when we go live. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 508-93-TWIST about your favorite Firefly episode, and we'll play it when we get there. The Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch launches on Friday, January 15th, and you can find it wherever you're already listening to Questly. Speaking of, here's Questly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the stuff right there. That is the stuff. Welcome to the Movement Podcast. Uh, very special episode, um, something we're going to start doing weekly. It is a Mandalorian Season 2 reaction video. My name is Josh. I'm your forever host and friend of the TMA Network. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Jesse Bailey. How you doing? I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to be here with you, despite the circumstances. Despite the circumstances. As you can see, Jesse is wearing his red shirt over there. <laughs> oh, I'm no red shirt, my friend. No red shirt. Don't you Check forget out those it. pips. Oh, yeah. What do you know? I guess, yeah. I, didn't, I, guess I didn't really notice that. <laughs> it's all right. I wouldn't expect you to. Yeah, I am just a dumb Wookiee, so whatever. Typical. I did. I wore this Wookiee outfit all day at work today, okay. and I carried oh, the child around I'll all be honest, day at I work. I forgot about the Halloween thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, sure you did, Josh. Wow. Why, <laughs> why would you do just that? Just thinking that's something I do, do on a normal basis. Now, uh, I was uh, Chewy the babysitter. <clears throat> So I carried, I literally carried uh, the child around all night at work, and like you were with child. I was with child. It was it was Very pretty cool. funny. Someone would like, because we have a radio system, you know, and so someone would call me on the radio, and hey, we need this, and I'd just be like, <laughs> run upstairs. Oh yeah, it was a good night. But we're not here to talk about work. We're here to talk about the Mandalorian uh, um... season. Two episode one. It was the season premiere. The sheriff, or no, what's it called? The marshal. The marshal. It is the marshal. Yeah, I actually stayed it up is. last night. May as well be called the sheriff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I uh, I stayed up past my bedtime last night, like way <laughs> past my bedtime, um, because the episode actually dropped at one in the morning. So I waited till one and I watched it. And um, I realized that I couldn't watch it loud because, you know, Kylie was sleeping. So I put headphones on and listened to it. Yeah, I just like put it in my PlayStation controller and listened to it. And it was fantastic. But then I watched it another two times this morning just so I could take notes and get ready for this show. Like you do. I just watched it. um, I finished watching it like maybe an hour, two hours ago. Okay. Um, It was one of those things where I was like, I think that's out now. And then right after dinner, I walked into the living room and there was a commercial on TV that was like the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. 
And to answer Sky's question, you watch it on Disney Plus. Yes. Um, so the Mandalorian, pretty much anything Star Wars, Marvel, Fox, anything coming out that's good is going to be on Disney Plus. <laughs> and they um, also have right now they have like uh, you know Hocus Pocus on there. Oh yeah, which is I'm sure big right now. Um, <laughs> I've been using it to watch like all the old X Men cartoons and the Silver Surfer cartoons. Okay. Yeah, they did bring all the Fox stuff on there, which is really cool. So yeah, very cool. Oh, uh, they also have all the uh, Treehouse of Horror episodes of the Simpsons, so you can sit and watch like I mean, you could watch that for the rest of Halloween, literally at this point. Yeah, and yes, Maybe you do have to pay. An hour. <laughs> and yes, you do have to pay for Disney Plus, but it is super cheap. It's not that bad. But or you could just get a friend that has Disney Plus, and they can share. Yeah, it with definitely you. recommend sharing subscription. <laughs> That's that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this show was a huge success for season one. Um, it came out and basically, to me, it kind of revived the Star Wars like name in a way. Um, I mean, after episode nine and the backlash of episode eight and Solo and all that stuff, like Star Wars fans were hoping that this was going to be what star wars is supposed to be and it absolutely was um that whole first season was incredible and got me super pumped for this i watched it you know obviously a, a few times before and uh yeah i just man i i couldn't i couldn't wait for this episode to come out that's why i had to stay up till one o'clock because i was just like fuck man it's it's gotta happen and i'm gonna wait and i'm gonna do it i didn't even i didn't even need energy drinks i just so did it <laughs> Uh, let me just ask you right across the top. Okay. How do you feel? Uh, no spoilers yet. I'm sure we'll get into that. But oh, how do you feel? This is about... a spoiler, spoiler episode, by the way. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll let you know right before that happens. It'll be in like a yeah. minute and a half. Yeah. Um. But how do you feel about this episode? Not really being super heavy on, um, story for the arc, right? Well, I think that's the question, though. There, that's like, I think there was some story for the arc here. It's just a little there, behind the scenes, right? But it. But my point is, it seems like okay. So, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're talking like Moff Gideon and like the dark saber and getting all that stuff involved. Well, they had yeah. So they had the part where he's like, you know, I'm looking for somebody, and he's like, oh, go to Tatooine, and mm. then it's pretty much just about how he figures out what he's supposed to figure out on Tatooine, which again, he doesn't actually even figure out, but um, it's like most of it is the story of what happens once he gets there. Right. And I'm not complaining. I liked right. season one. Um, but one of the things about season one that I remember was feeling a little too like, come on, don't drag me through this. Like, just give me the next piece of the story. Cause it, it's doing this weird thing where it's like, self-contained episodes but they also service a larger story sure and i i think i appreciated it a lot in season one when they were introducing it but now i'm finding myself suddenly like where's the story all the time no, and and like the story is still is better than what star wars has been up to right so if, i I'm, chalk it up to the fact that i chalk it up to dave filoni working on it because he did right. all the cartoons and stuff, and cartoons are very 
you know, fillery where you, you have a 24 gotcha. episode season and there's a ton of filler episodes in there where a few of them will be really predominant to the story. But most of the time, it's just kind of showing the adventures of this character. Gotcha. So I really think that it's, it's more of that, although it shouldn't be like that because it's only eight episodes each season. So you don't have a lot of time to tell a lot of story in the in that short of episodes um that, to me that's what makes it such an interesting choice to s- semi-serialize it i don't know how to phrase that but like to have yeah. some of the episodes you know what i mean where it's like there's a whole story in this episode that has nothing to do with the child or him getting chased or anything it's just about getting the two groups of people to work together and right solve the problem right which is very cool i'm not complaining about that it's just like you said, there's eight episodes, which means there's only seven left. Like, right. We're, we're already a sizable fraction of the way through the season. And, and this like, episode was longer than most episodes. This one was 53 right. minutes, where most of the other ones are going to be 25 to 30. So their, their last episode was longer, too, wasn't it? Yes, it was about 50 minutes or something the, like the that. finale episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's not something I'm complaining about. So it's actually kind of my segue into the one thing I felt about it, which was that kind of felt like a Star Trek <laughs> episode. Okay, okay. Hey, man, uh, John Favreau is a Star Trek fan too, so I'm sure he takes some notes from both sides and kind of uses that to his advantage. He did so, write and direct this first episode, right. which you can, I mean, you can see his handprints or his fingerprints all over this this episode so not to just do this to you but i was listening to a star trek podcast today and <laughs> as you do and it's you should check it out it's called everybody should check it out it's called star trek the next conversation and it's <laughs> that's uh, awesome yeah it's two of the writers from i think that netflix show the goldbergs is that a netflix show maybe it's that's a ABC. abc show ABC? anyways mm-hmm. it's two writers who obviously like the 80s right right so one of them has seen like all of the Star Trek and one of them has seen almost none of it and they just talk about it and the other thing. But one of them brings up a really good point, which is he looks at oh, you know what? <clears throat> I'm thinking about the greatest discovery, which is another Star Trek podcast. <laughs> it's it's also... okay. I do the same anyways, thing. <laughs> anyways, check out Star Trek the next conversation and then check out Greatest Discovery. It's from the guys that did Greatest Generation, which if you know anything about Star Trek podcasts, you know is the best one. Anyways, oh, all right, all uh, right. One of the hosts for The Greatest Discovery talks about uh, Star Trek as a place. And what he means by that is you go there to tell stories. Right, right. right. There are no, it doesn't necessarily matter that there are hard and fast rules or that, you know, something seems to break canon and hurt somebody's feelings about Ooh. what was previously established 30 years ago. Right. He views it as just a place. It's a medium with which to tell whatever the story is, right, in a specific show. Yeah. I feel like john favreau is doing that with star wars he's using it as star wars is a place here's where stories take place i respect the place now respect the story that i'm going to tell with it he seems to really understand like that connection of place and character um the first thing i noticed about this episode is the uh, there's a lot of time spent giving us like these sweeping shots of tatooine that are like Oh, look at the beauty of Tatooine. Look at this desert. Right, and I'm like, (laughs) this is the worst planet. In universe, this is agreed to be the worst planet. Everybody's like, 
uh, Tatooine. It's a backwater planet. You know, I will just really quick to go off on that. I did have an issue with the the amount of time they spent like traveling through the desert in this episode. Yeah. It was at least 10 minutes of just like, like you said, sweeping shots of the desert with him flying through on a speeder bike. And so here's, here's another way this show, this episode felt like an episode of star Trek. And I know it feels like I'm doing this to be that guy, but I promise I'm not approving an actual point here. So (laughs) they show up, right. And they're like, they're giving you these shots and the shots are like, have respect for the environment of this place. Mm-hmm. You you know look at the beauty of it even though you know it's a wasteland in your head and you've been told that it sucks. <laughs> look, it's still kind of grand and amazing. I mean, right. it is. Right. Um, and then they go. Now that you know the place, here's the culture. The culture of the place is um, a very hard life. There's sand everywhere. I'm not even gonna make a fucking Anakin joke because I hate you, Star Wars. Um, I wasn't either. Don't the, worry. They show the Banthas forever, right? Like they, sh- I mean, there's more Bantha footage in this than there is like droid footage or alien footage. Yeah, I, you know, I noticed you that. Out, you take <laughs> out the crate dragon. It's mostly Bantha footage. Spoiler: There's a dragon. Oh right. <laughs> Spoiler alert: It's also got a heaping hot helping of Timothy Oliphant. Oh, I love it. <laughs> all media benefits from oh my god like, yeah that dude that dude just spends his life making the rest of us look bad like every time a year goes by he's like i'm gonna look even better <laughs> yeah it's like george clooney kind of he does the same I, thing i'm fair dude You're like, like i hate you <laughs> my i showed him to my wife i was like look it's timothy oliphant and she's like he looks so much different than in scream 2 and i was like whoa my god Right, he was in Scream too. <laughs> what? And he's like this skinny, creepy, like, uh, like, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's it's weird. Anyways, yeah. This I remember him in, an episode, in, in a different movie. Yeah, yeah. This is basically an episode of Star Trek because they show up. They're like, "Look, here's the place. It's beautiful. Respect the place. Here's the culture. Respect the culture. It's different from yours. Right. Get, get over it." They're like, right. "Look, the Mandalorian can speak Tuscan radar." You think you're better than the Mandalorian because he speaks Tuscan Radar. If you're not going to be friends, with, <laughs> if you're not going to be friends with the Tuscan Raiders, then you know I guess you're not going to be friends with the Mandalorian. Which but, that yeah. I mean, that was awesome. I love the oh, fact that he can speak cool. to Tuscan Raiders. And... Of course he can. Yeah, like, I mean, and that's and that's the thing is they're they're doing this like here's the culture, respect the culture, and then they show right. you. The other side of the town where they're like everybody's super skittish everybody you know, wants to shoot you and that's you why are so right this reminds me of that episode or that movie of star trek was it insurrection when yep. they have to like combine yep. the two towns or like get them to work together or whatever like uh is that no. the one that i'm thinking of no there's a lot so here but that, so here's my point is like that's the plot of like 14 to 19 episodes of Star Trek, <laughs> so they, you could be thinking of anything where they're like putting the east with the west and right. getting them to work yes. together and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, need to yeah. Get people to agree about something that there's no way they'll ever agree about. Um, right. But which in this case it was, I mean, they agreed about a crate dragon, uh, right. but they they didn't agree with the fact that they had to work together because right. again, it's Tuscan Raiders. And the other thing that they did to immediately show you kind of this theme of culture clash in the episode, right, is mm. that instead of having 
um, you turn around and you see, okay, here's all the spoilers. If you haven't, if you've been paying attention up to this point, I mean, whatever, but here's the spoilers, right? <laughs> so he turns around and Boba Fett is standing there. And oh, immediately, yeah. Boba Fett walks over to the table, sits down, takes his helmet takes off. Takes off his helmet. Yeah. Even me as a casual fan from last season was like, oh, he's not a Mandalorian because they would never just do that. Right. So right. that's just I, that's the director's immediate way of going, no, not Boba Fett, just kidding. Ha. I do want to say, though, that it was very cleverly used, and this has been a character that is canonized already in the Aftermath series. There was um, the Those first books? trilogy that Disney came out with, yeah, of books, the Aftermath okay. series. Uh, it, it, I believe the second book, they're on Tatooine, and there's a story, someone's telling a story about them running into a man with very familiar armor. And okay. his name was Cobb Vanth, and he was like the marshal of whatever town. Okay. And so they have already discussed this character in the books, which like, look, oh, gotcha. everyone, everyone wants Boba Fett to come back in this series. And I get that. He's a cool character. I mean, him fucking everywhere i like <laughs> he's a cool character people want him back but i do not think that they're gonna do that so easily in this like just just like you were saying oh boba fett surprise it's not really boba fett like i think the same thing is gonna happen with you know yeah. the the last scene which we'll talk about later um yeah, so they... I, I think it's gonna be the same situation but but yeah. they're, what, what my point with that was they're using actual Star Wars canon that has been written years ago, which I absolutely love because I am one of those guys that reads those books and, well, and it would gets be really into it. Not to. It's yeah. like you guys spent like, all of money that there is on the thing. <laughs> yeah. Use it. Like, yeah. Just go for it. But so, yeah, they, they use that right away. They're like, OK, this is an episode about culture clash and this is about working together, even despite your differences. And I will note that this episode was released today, the 30th, which is, what, three days before Election Day in America? So, you know, I, I did not want to I didn't want to bring that up, um, but there was a bit of politics in here as far as coming together. Um, yeah. Not like it was very, very subtle when it because it's Star Wars, you know, and they don't want to thrust too many people into politics. But there yeah. was a bit of like i see you <laughs> no i see what you're doing really, no it just really depends on how far deep into you into it you want to dive but yeah. we can just go surface level with it and say like if you watch it there's no way to deny it. it's about going hey this culture values different things than you and is sometimes Absolutely. directly opposed to you but you're going to need to work with this culture for the greater good you know yeah. which is um a favorite saying of mine is that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, which is sort of the theme of this episode, despite Spock. it being a Star Wars episode. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a lot about it that feels like Star Trek. Also, they have loving callbacks. I mean, which is just... Oh, my God. I mean, it's definitely a nerd thing in general, but Dude. it reminded me a lot of the recent Star Trek episodes that I've seen. And that's just the lens that I'm using to come at this so that I don't 
crash halfway through. Yes. <laughs> if you like, just pause the opening scene of this show or of this episode um, where he's he's walking into. They don't even name the planet that he comes into, but he's when he's walking up through this like city, and you see all the paintings and the graffiti oh, on the, the wall. Uh, the UFC planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, like I couldn't planet. I couldn't find what the planet was called. People had different opinions on it but anyway um spoiler alert it's something poorly thought out yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) probably dantooine or some bullshit cage matchia yeah it's like something i would write in seventh grade um star wars yeah so anyway i mean they're walking through and they're just so there's so much graffiti all over the walls you you see like a picture that could be C-3PO. You see some Darth Vader. You see like, be like an uh, Imperial. Yeah. Uh, some stormtroopers, some snow troopers. Snow there's, troopers. there's even like a, a little shot that you, you have to zoom in on. Like, this is something that I found going through the internet, but if you zoom in really close on like a part of the wall, you can see a picture of Watto. Like, yeah. So there, <laughs> it's like the, <laughs> It's like they try to do an homage to the homage to the oh, whole series. And, you know, that's actually really well placed and spotted uh, by whomever spotted it. It wasn't you, because later it was on, not me. <laughs> um, Cowboy oh my god! Actually, asks him directly, "Do you gamble?" Yes. Yeah. Not if I can help it. So no, that's... Watto, Whenever you gamble, my friend, eventually you'll lose. Uh, yep, exactly. No shit. I didn't even think about that. Good. Good eye, sir. Um, <laughs> so, uh, going into the that that first scene too, I I love and I love looking into the um, cameos of of who shows up in these shows. Mm-hmm. You know, um, oh, great one right away on the UFC planet. Yeah, dude. So so Mando goes in, and this is in the trailer. You know, you as he he's walking in, he's watching the Gamorreans fight in their little axe battle, which was pretty cool, by the way. I don't know uh, what those I'm weapons sorry. are, that, but like no, it was like they uh, they had safety protocols engaged on their axes. It was that like, makes sense. So it didn't you hurt them. Hit it. Yeah, it was like a personal shield web. Um, okay, that I was that was pretty cool. That was a cool fight. It was it felt a little bit to me like this thing that Star Wars does, where they go, "What if everybody had lightsabers?" Uh, <laughs> we did, but they weren't them. really lightsabers. What if they're just like an energy axe that's different right like oh my god yeah I, and i mean it. so yeah he, he sits down and he talks to that guy that's like this is no place for a child that's john liguizamo by the way one of my <laughs> luigi himself luigi mario himself john liguizamo is in star I'm wars sure. and i when, love it when john liguizamo gets recognized <laughs> in the street it's for luigi I'm mario sure. I'm sure that people are like, dude, Luigi Mario, I mean, <laughs> right? And he's always like, God, every time with that movie, like, every in every interview he sits down too, he's like, can we just... Can we not talk about Super Mario Brothers, please? <laughs> Poor John Leguizamo. Oh, now he'll yeah. just go, remember that time I played Cyclops in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Which he was, I liked his character too. He was, uh, he was that like really confident asshole because he knows he's got a, a posse around him. I feel and like, and then when his was... posse gets fucking wrecked, 
he's yeah. like, oh no! <laughs> I feel like he was like Watto's nephew. Or something. Oh yeah, right, like, right. He, that kid grew up somewhere in Watto's orbit. Watto didn't like take him under his <laughs> little butterfly wings, but he did see how Watto did business, and he was like, yeah, I, I could apply that to my UFC planet. That would, be, <laughs> yeah, that would be fine. Yeah, I mean, it would have to. I don't oh, know how man. economics work in Star Wars. I'll be totally honest. I don't know how economics work in Star Wars at all. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I think that's okay because I don't <sighs> think you guys do either. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Anyway, <laughs> that opening scene. Fucking great. Sorry, I had... Oh, okay. What was with I'm the uh, shadow <laughs> bunnies? Like, you stay in the light oh, and oh. the shadow bunnies... Though, and that's, that's funny because that's why I say Dantooine is because there's creatures on Dantooine that actually come out in the dark and they're like... They only come out in the dark and light... They're like vampires. Light affects them. So when yeah, he shoots that uh, light out... I, I mean, I, I Mando just no, obviously no, no, knows. He's like... I totally you know, got it. Yeah, yeah. But they should... <laughs> Is there a project anywhere, and if there isn't, maybe we could start this as a side podcast, but like where you make every other movie universe fit into Star Wars? Like, so for example, like that's Dantooine, a Riddick thing. Right, would be a Riddick thing. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd have like planets that it's probably not a good idea, but that's immediately what I thought of. So that's yeah. how you know it's not a good idea. Go ahead and skip that. What happened next in the episode, Josh? <laughs> um, god you got me all you got me all flustered now dang so no he does he does tell him right there like that that was one of my my favorite parts about the mandalorian in itself is the fact that he's just such a badass and he's got the one-liners on lock you know like he's not sweaty anymore like he was in that last episode getting shot from like (laughs) possible angle yeah, he's like, but he's like, I don't even have a neck. even even then, when he's got the gun in his neck, and he's like, "So you're just gonna give me that info, or you're gonna die here?" Like, he he gave no shits about it, and and that I mean, even in the trailers, watching that trailer over and over and over again, when Baby Yoda closes his little pod. Here's the thing, though, or he, rather, here's my question. I guess he just um, knows. He's like, oh my god, the whistling birds. Everybody's right. screwed. So how many uh those whistling bird eggs does he have that he can hatch? Because it feels like those little missile pod things, right? Like, he used them in the first season once or twice. And then I remember them making a point where he was like, oh, I'm out of those fucking automatic kill everyone I'm, in the room. I'm sure he refilled when he went uh back to the armor. Oh, in right, this, right. in the last episode, like I'm sure he re-upped on that. <clears throat> can, I, can I get some of those? Uh, hey man, you got you got some of them whistling birds. You know the uh, <laughs> yeah, the dub bees. You got them dub bees. All of those things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway, moving past that, he do, the guy finally gives him the information about Cobb Vanth, which he says he knows a Mandalorian that's. On uh, what planet is it? Um, Tatooine. Well, it's Tatooine, but the the city on Tatooine. What does he call it? Oh, it's like Mos Pago or Mos Mos Palgo, yeah, Pelgo or something like that. Which is, I feel like that's kind of new. I didn't actually go back and research aftermath and see if he was if they mentioned that city. I don't. I'm sure they did at some point, but 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 right then and there, yeah, you they go they give you that wipe. 
you know, to Tatooine, and he lands with Amy Sedaris, and then she shows him a map of everything, and he's like, "Who? I love her, by the way. She's awesome. Oh, she plays such a cool character in this. Get away from his ship. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like droids." Uh, that whole interaction with her was a little bit, um... It was forced, but I still liked it. It was a little bit, <laughs> remember that last episode where Taika YTT-Bot ate the shit? Oh, Sager. yeah. I'm, so, you know, I'm... Was... They'll bring him back somehow. He's gonna yeah, be back it, somehow. It, it, it wasn't that bad, so... Uh, yeah. she's like, oh, but I've got a map of all of Tatooine, if you'd like, we can check that. In the R5-D4 unit from A New Hope, mind you. Okay. So, so of uh, course he's got the map, because that guy, that little droid can't get upgraded, or he's gonna blow his circuits. So, like, he's got an old map from the old planet before everything got wiped, because nobody wanted his ass. So, there's, that's kind of my question, though, is, like, isn't this this is maybe the first time that I've ever seen somebody in Star Wars go, oh, where's the place I need to go? And somebody go, oh, I got a map of the whole planet. Let's just check. And there wasn't like, oh, well, I've got one piece of a map. Or like, oh, there's an old <laughs> rumor about a man in a cave. And if you turn left when you see the <laughs> like, It looks what, like the gravity is pulling the stars where a planet right. should be, but the planet so is once, gone. <laughs> For once, somebody's like, here's my map of the planet. And yeah. even then, even then, he's like, it's missing. Well, there's no city there. So here's my like, question, though. And she's if like, R5, yeah, it's there. <laughs> but if R5 has a map from before the war, then shouldn't that show the city? Because he's like, there's nothing there. And she's like, yeah, there was a war. And she's like... Mm, I mean, it's... You know, you never know. I, you would think. But he, I do he's think got a, That's why he, I'm asking. He's got a map of the old Tatooine. And maybe because it was wiped out in the war, maybe she modified it herself to knock it out because she didn't know exactly where it was. So okay, she's like, she, oh, that city doesn't exist anymore. Deleted. Right. Right. Like, so she's like, go to the Moth Pelican and meet the guy. That's where it is. It's right here in this ridge in between yep. Moth Cantina and whatever the other Moth and, is. And, you know, he takes her speeder again, which is cool. I love the little... I love... Uh, the child in the little bag on the speeder just like he's just so happy with the wind in his face and like <laughs> enjoying gonna the ride gonna sack a kid back here <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, need a helmet i'm wearing full body armor and a visor and like very protective stuff but he's good in the bag he'll just hang out it's fine yeah no big deal and i, I did notice that he switched sides when they get to the actual city, he did switch sides. So they like, had is he just crawling with, around back there? <laughs> they should have had a scene with the child like doing this with his hand, right? And it just showed like all the sand not hitting him in the face. Like, <laughs> he's using the force looking at Mando like awesome. I'm gonna do this the whole way there. I'm gonna be I am so tired. This is stupid. Yeah. I, I, I you know I love the cop. <laughs> right. I love them traveling into the city though and getting all slow. Yeah. Spaghetti Western through and through, like a total fifties western movie with the yeah. boing 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 like the Yeah, the it it music and stuff going it through it. The theme like, the theme from the opening got even westerner. Yeah, exactly. Uh that's true. That's true. The opening theme was had the, the boings in it. But music in, in this, this show continues to be amazing. 
Oh my god. And that guy, uh, what's his name? I got him written down here. Uh Ludwig Garonson. Um, this is his first ever like gig, really, when it comes to this sort of thing. He like met John Favreau a while back and the music the guy that does the music, Ludwig Garonson. That's a high bar to set for yourself on your first day out. That's rough. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. But he kills it in this. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see to what kill else. kill it in everything he does forever from now from on. From now on. Yep. Um, so this this scene, though, another cameo. As as uh, Mando is going into the city, you see, I don't know if you remember seeing the guy with, like, the scraggly hair. And he's pulling the uh, the big canister. And he, like, looks over at Mando and he's like, Ugh. Who's that? And he like keeps pulling. Uh, anyway, it's a it's a quick cameo. No, it's it's, yeah, there was on. there was like forty two seconds of the episode I didn't see. Um, oh and yeah, I think that was in there. And it's it's one of those you know it's it's just it's Sam Witwer, who plays the voice of Darth Maul in Clone oh, Wars, and uh, he does some a lot of other things with Star Wars. So he's he's a big name in uh, in the Star Wars universe. But that was his little cameo. Um, so yeah, then he, he gets there and you automatically see Boba Fett. Like he's, he's in the bar talking to the guy and you see the Mandalorian armor walk in. Um, and, and you just know it's not him. You know, it's not Boba Fett. Cause it doesn't fit. He's got, no, like, it's all scrawny. Like he's, he's all like a neck and then, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It's yeah. You can tell it's, it's not him. Yeah. So do you Boba think Fett one strike right there? Strike one on Boba Fett. Favreau going, look, it's not going to happen. Okay, it's he's done. He's gone. It's not going to happen. Or is that him saying, now the Bando has his armor, so when he shows up, it's going to be even cooler. Mm. I think they're going to do something stupid, where Boba <laughs> Fett shows up, and he's like, I'm not really Boba Fett anymore. I gave yeah. up that life, you know. And it's just. Yeah. It's going to be he'll some be like, lame He'll be like, like really? What's your name? And he'll be like, some made-up name. Django. And he'll be like, oh, did your mother give you that? And he'll be like, no. My old name was Boba. <laughs> like, yeah. I Like, I'm not him, but... I, I don't know. I, I hope they don't. I hope that they just keep trolling the fans. Because that is the biggest troll to the fans, which I'm okay with. I'm like... Yeah. I don't want Boba Fett back. Like, I really could care less if he comes I back. I just want Timothy Oliphant from here on out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, give me more Bill Burr later on, too. I want him, so. Um, Bill Burr versus Timothy Oliphant. Just get rid of... Actually, that's not even that unlikely to happen. So, <laughs> like, at some point, you know, Mando that's... will go, I gotta put a crew together, and then it'll be all the people that he helped. It'll be Cara Dune and Timothy Oliphant and all these cool people. And then they'll be like, oh, we're the Revenge Society and we're so mad at you from all the stuff you did in the first season. <laughs> yeah. That's there you go. I just probably going to happen. Yeah, I don't even need to watch. We're done. You're welcome. Thank, thank, thanks Anyways, for watching. Thanks for we're, joining we're us. Yeah, we'll be on podcast tomorrow. <laughs> don't <us>. Later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, I seeing, seeing him, you just knew it wasn't Boba Fett. And yeah. through the rest of the episode, I, I don't I don't want him back. I'm if they bring him back, great. They better do it in a phenomenal way that makes sense. Because to me, that dude got eaten and his armor got spit out. Like, that's that's all I got. Um, yeah. And so it's interesting to me that they, oh, I guess they're two different animals. But, like, 
the Sarlacc pit, and then they showed his armor was like kind of damaged, but fine. And mm. then uh, Mando takes a ride through the digestive tract of that thing and comes out fine with his armor, but like kind of stained. So it's like basically uh, yeah. what they want you to know is that if your armor is made of Beskar, you can get eaten by anything on Tatooine and come out the other side just fine. <laughs> this baby can fit so many Mandos in it. And isn't isn't that such a foreshadowing event too of Mando shooting out of the dragon? We'll get there in a minute and we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. um we've we've uh, covered like six minutes of actual showtime so far. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean and we keep bouncing back and forth from like the end to the beginning to the end. So yeah, whatever. I anyway. just watched it so that the the time in my head is all non-linear. Right, right. Um, so as as they're talking, as uh, they're in the bar, uh, Mando immediately notices that Cobb Vanth is not a Mandalorian because he takes his mask off, as we discussed. So so they get in a little standoff, you know, where which <laughs> John Favreau's comedy coming out, you know, right here, where Are you sure you want to do this in front of the kid? And Mando's like, he's seen worse. <laughs> and you're like, oh, hey. You're damn right, I really he has. Like, I really like that they have like a, a gravelly voice standoff. Like, yeah, like they're about to go out in the middle of the town and have a fucking ten step draw. <laughs> well, but like for two for two or three minutes, you're like, this this can't actually be that long of a scene because they're both like, I think I won't kill you. I won't kill you. Yeah, but if you kill me in front of this guy, I'll kill you wherever I want. <laughs> yeah. Are we doing this? All right. Yeah. Make this. my it's day, like, punk. Okay, like we're gonna at some point one of these get like either one of them's gonna immediately die or they're gonna be best friends. Yep. And, and then boom, ex machina, die. here comes the crate dragon. Yep. That then the solidifies worm. this whole story. Like yep. I I love that because it, it's Tremors, anybody? You guys remember Tremors? That. Is like, that up Favreau's alley? Like, that would have been around when he was becoming... I would think so. I mean, Tremors just came out with a new movie, too, so... It's like Tremors <sighs> 7 or some bullshit, but... <laughs> but yeah, so so you, as they're in the middle of their little dick-measuring contest in the bar, the, the Tremor... <laughs> like rolls on by and eats a bantha which was a really cool scene the special effects in this episode are top notch like yeah. you can you can tell that they got more money for this show well and they did i mean i think it's pretty clear like if you if you look in that shot in particular you can see like right before the uh the thing comes out of the sand where like so like the the crate dragon is obviously all cgi right Right, but they hired actual banthas for the scene, and that makes it look way more authentic. Because as soon as they get eaten, they do that like thing, and that that was actually most of their budget for the episode. Because if you remember, there's like 15 banthas in this episode. Yeah, there was a lot. They had to. So to find, I mean, to find an open bantha farm, especially during a global pandemic, that's lucky for the production team. And banthas that are willing to strap bombs to themselves and right. get eaten See, like that that's, that's fucking crazy especially because you could risk stigmatizing people's opinion of banthas you know they're gonna be like i called it knew it typical bantha so so he eats the bantha this giant crate dragon which by the way crate dragons are very canon all the way back to a new hope um there's a scene with r2d2 and c3po walking through the desert 
don't know if you remember that first little scene in the first 10 minutes of the movie or something like that. But they're walking through the desert and you see a crate dragon bone structure behind them in the desert. Like it's just the, the bones of a crate dragon behind them. So there have been a lot of stories made of the dragons too. Like you in legends and all those other books, like there's there's some cool stories about the crate dragons. Um, but they finally brought it to life, which um, awesome. Here's a question. Why are they called that? Because isn't crate there a planet dragon. called Crate? Yes. And isn't it not this planet? Correct. And isn't the planet Crate the one with the cool white and red sand such that it would be actually way cooler to see a crate dragon on crate like it would be white until it came out and then everything would turn red yeah it's spelled differently <laughs> okay um that's, that's i'm not even kidding factory no, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good enough <laughs> the planet crate is c-r-a-t-e and the dragon like crate crates yeah <laughs> the dragon crate i believe it's c-r-a-t-e maybe it's maybe it's k-r-a-t-e or something like that but the dragon crate is k-r-a-y-t oh, okay see that's just that's just a dragon with yuppie parents that's like, <laughs> like this name but i want to spell it differently so that your teacher knows i would be curious to see if there were different dragons on different planets though because it seems like this particular crate dragon, which, you know, that could just be the mythical name for those right. giant creatures is crate dragon. Like, so what if there's uh, a crate dragon on Mustafar that fucking spews molten lava, you know, or right. like, like maybe crate Hoth, is just but... a term that means like huge angry lizard or yeah, enormous or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it like it's it's the Star Wars version of the word Zilla. Ah. But what I liked yeah, about it was that it wasn't actually like a, you know, fantasy European dragon. It was definitely like lizard like and had big mouth. So it makes sense that some freaking tremor people would go, Oh, it's a dragon. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think it's I think it's probably technically considered a worm. Sa sandworm. Y, yeah, right? sandworm. Well, it's like okay. a it's like a dragon, but with no arms. Right, no right, arms. right. But a giant mouth, a... and it spits acid. Holy shit! Oh yeah, it spits ichor, Josh. Obviously, that's what the sand people were after. You help them kill the sand person, they get to keep the ichor, and they'll leave you alone. I think the ichor is the name of the pearl. Well, to me, ichor is like a fluid. And then the pearl is like a secondary treasure, or maybe the pearl is like uh, solidified fluid that he was spitting, right? Well, the the pearls that they find, and here we are skipping to the end again. <laughs> the pearl that they find is uh, made from the rocks and boulders that it eats over, like, and it, I, you know, I went and researched some great dragons a little bit on Wikipedia, and the, I guess they like. It's like how they how diamonds are made here over time or right. something. They're like no, crystals I mean, over the, time. So it's, it's like how, over thousands of years, these rocks that they eat turn into these pearls and like that's how oysters rare. make pearls. It's the same there you thing. go. They yep. Just eat a yep. rock and then they coat it. 
coat it in shit. But that's what I'm saying. He eats the rock, and then he's coating it in the stuff that he was spitting at people. And over time, okay. it becomes non-lethal and turns into this glorious gem thing. But when he's not turning into a glorious gem in his butthole, he's using <laughs> it to vomit on people and kill them instantly. Which was a nice touch. It was kind of like, that's the thing about Star Wars, is there's always a lot of aliens, but most of them, right. But like, obviously, <laughs> these two things are a biological function of a made-up creature, and they're somehow intertwined as well. <laughs> My point is, there's a lot of aliens in Star Wars, but most of them are of the bipedal, pretty much just a guy with makeup nature, which is fine. Right. But you never actually get like the weird, super exotic, like, here's a crazy freaking animal. I mean, other than in the prequels, which was just like... There's always a bigger fish. There's a bigger fish. There's like a, an iguana, a horse. Oh yeah, but it's also the iguana steel. Don't worry. Um, yeah, like whatever. And and they had a bunch of stupid animals that they were fighting in the arena. Like here's a spider with knives for feet. Chug 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 chug. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was like a praying mantis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Seriously, it's like a kid through monsters, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But like. Just, it was nice to see Star Wars go, here's a new monster, you know, that's like something yep. you haven't really seen. Um, yep. I will say it's another monster on their list of monsters that could be recreated by a large puppet, a la um, Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> right, right. But I think that is actually part of what makes this work. You can tell that Jon Favreau is writing a love letter to all the old Star Wars. He's going, man, I love that stuff. Can you imagine if that stuff looked, like, presentable? It would be amazing. Yeah. So, He's just updating it and doing a better shot. Here's one more thing before I let you talk, since I'm the jerk here. I feel like there was <laughs> one shot where I could tell that the background was an LED screen. Did you see that shot? Do you know the shot I'm talking about? Um, I Oh, my God, yes. And uh, yes, yes, I do. I'm glad. Yes. I'm glad it wasn't just me, because I was like, there were a couple shots. Star Wars podcast and be like, Star Wars talks. But there were, I, mean, I, think, I think now that we know that it's there. It's a little easier for us to see it. That's what it is. I I think so. It's it's like the stormtrooper that hits his head on the door. Now that you know that it happened. So, and I think same thing with with and people like us that do editing and work on videos and work on that sort of stuff. Like we're always, even if it's subconsciously, we are always looking around at those kind of things. Like, how did this background get made? Is this you know, is this a backdrop? Are they on location? Are they doing the LED screen? Like, at least I do personally. Like, I'm always looking around at that shit to see yeah. what's going on. So, I, I would I would assume that's that's part of what it is. I, I I'm sure the masses are like, what do you, what scene are you talking about? What do you mean LED screen? What? That's weird. So, no, not Josh. <laughs> anybody that's watching this show is like, fuck you, Josh. There's the LED. There's the LED. <laughs> yeah. Is the LED? Yeah. Like, I mean, but I'm but sure would you know casual fans watching? I mean, but that's my point, dude. Is that like I'm a casual fan? But would you yeah. notice that if you didn't watch the Mandalorian documentary? I didn't watch the Mandalorian documentary. I just was told about it by some asshole that I do a oh, podcast. With. Okay. He was okay. Like, yeah, yeah, that makes do you want to know something interesting? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> gotcha. So my bad, dude. Like, no, no, no. You're good. I'm totally clean. <laughs> but my point was that even just. Even just being told about it, I was like, oh, I think that's what that was. Because I think it was like I noticed something was funky. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
oh, Josh mentioned a thing. That's probably what it was. I don't think in my head I was like, oh, there's the LED screen. It was like, that looks dumb. Different. And then yeah. it was like, oh, I bet I know why that looks dumb. I yeah. think that's what happened. Right. It was um, like it was somewhere in the desert. They were uh, they were the, both leaning over the bikes with their rifles. Yes. And yes, like, and it was a little it was a little shot. darker, I think. A little and darker grainy. in the background. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, it looked yep. like a screen. But still, I I think that that whole effects thing is awesome. What a yeah, a brilliant I was way okay to with get it. backgrounds. But yeah. um, so I the the next and I think this is actually around that time um when they're in the desert on their speeder bikes. And they're because because Mandalorian and, and Cobb Vanth decide to uh, make an agreement where if Mando helps him defeat this dragon, he'll give him the the Mandalorian armor because Cobb knows how much, you know, that means to him and blah, 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 blah. And all the tradition. Very, uh, and, sorry, very RPG, Timothy. very RPG quest. Of an no episode. shit. Oh, my God. You're so right. First level, you get this upgraded armor, which really isn't upgraded, but like it's cool. It looks like yours, but it's different. It's yeah, better stats. <laughs> exactly. So, so they so they decide to go off, you know, because because Cobb knows exactly where the the thing lives, I guess, or something. No, the uh, sand people know. That's right. That's right. Know. And so they go to yeah. Um, but one of the coolest parts of this episode is them riding on their speeder bikes which i don't know if you noticed this but Cobb vanth is definitely riding on one of anakin's old pod racer engines yeah i look dude this morning because because i i went to bed late after watching the episode and then i woke up early to watch it again and and like do a bunch of research and like i went through every single pod that has like been fucking made and drawn and there's not a single pod out there that has an engine that's like Anakin's and like looking at it, comparing them side by side. Um, it's, it's colored differently. They painted it differently. And there's a couple extra like, you know, additions to the engine and like stuff like that. A couple of other pieces from other pods. Yes. Um, which is another took... homage. Cause, cause that's what like Anakin did. Took... He made it out of junk. Yeah. It looks like they took one of those three fins off the front. Like the, it used to have three fins, and now it has two. Two fins, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the fins were red instead of yellow. And then there was another extra casing around, like the motor. There was like a casing that came out of the motor. I wish yeah. I had that picture up right. He now. rides it like a total wuss. By the way, like it's this side saddle. Like I'm gonna sit next to the engine instead of on top of it seat, which I'm like. Uh, that's not cool. Like, right? That just de that decreases your cool factor for me. Oh snap! Here we go. Hold up. Let me. Uh, I got something here. This is great. This is, this is wonderful. Um, but you're you're right. He did kind of. I don't. I just don't like the side like a little... I don't like yeah. them having the side mounted seat for the for the pod racer engine. It's just not something that I'm super into. Right. Yeah. So there it is right there. So zooming in on that guy, if I can. Um, I can click on that guy. And you can actually see like a side-by-side -side down here. You can see that, right? 
Nope, it um, didn't switch. It didn't switch over. Anyway, us. there there there's a uh side by side shot. Um oh it looks like that's the screen I need. <sighs> anyway, side by side shot, as you can see it right there, it's that looks exactly like Anakin's um pod racer. Yeah. Or at least and if you look right there on the left. There you go. There's Timothy Oliphant just smoldering. Just looking so hot. He's just very... <laughs> yeah. He, he he does look pretty good, for sure. Um, but yeah, if you... And even this, it, it's actually kind of kind of yellow. The engine is... It looks very they identical. The, they left the stuff. flaps yellow. They painted that middle piece red. The flaps red, that's... Yellow, yep. Yeah. And it looks like the red piece is a cover to the engine as well. And like looking right here i don't know if you can see the mouse or anything but yeah um on the front of the engine it's it's got an extra like casing on it compared to the old one so yeah i really really think that that was um anakin anakin's pod which would make sense because it was probably just junked somewhere and you know further evidence in my theory that i stated earlier that tatooine is just the worst planet like they (laughs) They've been using the same engine out of that kid's <laughs> shitty car for 40 years. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the equivalent of Cobb Vanth going like, oh, yeah, I pulled this out of a 67 uh, Plymouth and, you know, strapped it onto my Put Honda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something really small, right? Because he had to put the seat on the sides. It's, uh, it, okay. Also, come on, Cobb Vanth. <laughs> it sounds like cobbler like, like you're about to eat some cobbler <laughs> they're, just, they're just all sound Cobb Vanth like, Cobb heavy on, and why couldn't on... it be why couldn't it be Vanth Cobb because that sounds like Vance with a lisp yeah, Cobb Vanth Vance. Cobb you're saying Vance Scott is your name Vance Scott uh, let's just but flip that around it's, it's Cobb Vanth Cobb to me is like one step from naming your character Cowboy Vigilante. <laughs> we'll call him Cobb Van. Yeah, that's 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 different enough. No one will. Sounds right. Well, that's how it felt to me. I, I don't care because Timothy Oliphant did kick this role in the ass, right? Did. And the whole show, the whole show is doing its job to the max for sure. Yeah. But it's this is one of my complaints that I have with Star Wars in general is like just, just names of shit. Yeah, spend literally any amount effort more on the names, and I think you'd have an improvement. You still like, have that every speeder time, bike. <laughs> every time somebody who's writing for Star Wars comes up with the name of a character, throw it away and do two more, and the third one you do will be good. Okay, like because there's no way. That somebody in the room was like Cobb Vanth, and everyone around the table went, "That's what I was gonna say. That's perfect." <laughs> like, and and yeah. I understand that he was based on an old character, right? And that they did it for that. I just, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's Timothy Oliphant's fault or John Favreau's fault or anybody's fault, other than it's a stupid character. But that's a very small nitpick. So. Hey. If anyone else out there wants to call in and talk about what you would have named Timothy Oliphant's character, call us at 508-93-TWIST. Um, so <laughs> he he does have a terrible name, I know. It, it is awful. And they're all fucking terrible. They're so bad. I mean, even the Mandalorian's name, 
Jin Jarin, Din Jarin, like what? And they spelled it D J A R I N, like Jarin. It's kind of jarring to have to say, and I don't appreciate it. I, but oh man, this... Quentin Tarantino already took Django, so I guess we'll fucking. And maybe well, that's like... maybe that's what it is too. Is they're trying to like, since Star Wars already used Django with a J. They're like, well, let's steal from Quentin Tarantino and kind of mix it up in our own, make our uh, own name. They'll give they'll give Mando a piece of Boba's armor at the end, and his name will be Jared Fest. I hope not. Again, do don't like, bring Boba back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they will. I will point out it was very cool to see what that stupid little thing on his freaking helmet was for. Because I always oh, saw right. that and was like, it's cool, right. but like, is it an antenna? Is that a radar dish? And he's like, nope, it's my scouter. Loved it. it. Cool. Yeah, yes. very well done. Um, that was that whole battle, like that whole battle scene with the dragon. Because obviously, and we, we're just going to skim over this whole thing. But However, however, here's the thing. Very cool with the scouter to figure out where you're sending the thing. Why the hell... When launching the missile, does he go <laughs> like, "Oh, I'm pointing my missile at you like I'm an action figure"? <laughs> like, um, it's a fucking missile, bro. All you gotta do is stand there; it'll go up into the air, and then it will arc down onto the thing that you told it to arc. I kind of chuckled at that. Oh, here comes the missile gun! <laughs> like, I definitely. Oh my god! And I was like. Damn, that's exactly what my toy does. <laughs> like, he just bends over and <laughs> shoots. And he stiffly oh bends, like at the waist, like it's action figure <laughs> style. Like, I... it, it's like they did it specifically. To... All it was missing was play with your favorite Star Wars characters, however you want, whenever you want. He has missile firing oh my action. God. <laughs> Take that, you... Sith Warriors. <laughs> 995. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You're so... Ooh, wow. No, that's that's hilarious. And that was like, you know, the kind of the end of that battle, but like way, way to put the icing on the cake of a cheesy ass battle, like <laughs> No, the whole thing was Ooh. cool to that point. Like it was oh. fine. It was oh, like okay. Right. <laughs> like all right cool gunfight and you're like oh boba fett's helmet that's so cool oh that's so cool that was really stupid <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like it just kills the flow like wait what, what just happened here hang on okay wait back to the cool action cool what the f wait <laughs> yeah they were like it was i was almost <sighs> in my head i'm like they better go back to the saloon because the cool factor needs to go back up i don't know what they're gonna do I've, lo oh, I've lost all train of thought right now. Yeah, I don't um, remember what this show is about. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's a commercial for Star Wars. Whew. Wow. We were at the part where they were driving their speeders through the desert, uh, going to talk to the Tuscans, which, again, super cool. I loved the fact that uh, Mando can talk to Tuscan Raiders. Um, that whole scene again with Favreau comedy, uh, they pull up on the, in like the little cavern and all the 
dogs come out and Mando is just like, and Timothy Oliphant looks at him and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? And, and he's like, just shut up. And then like, you know, the the Tusken Raiders come out and you're like, oh yeah, he can talk to them. And so like the surprise look on Boba Vance's face was priceless. (laughs) I loved it. Um, but I do wish there were subtitles for that because there was... I don't. I like that there wasn't. Um, it was very Star Trek of them to have them be like, no, okay. you, just don't, you just don't understand. Like, you just don't understand the culture. You don't understand the language. There's one guy that gets it. He, there's one or two dudes. And he's going to be the translator for everyone. Right. And they have a shaky alliance. You're just going to have to trust them. Um but I, they, you're you're I right. Really I like, I kind of wish that that we would have seen what the Tuscan Raiders said. I I get. I don't know. Maybe that's not, just it's the. Not, it's not important. It was all clearly. You're right. Communicated. I'll tell you're you what right. they said. What they said was, "You expect us to work with this fucking guy, this fucking <laughs> poser who has this armor that's like, look at me, I'm a badass." Because he's not. You know, it doesn't even fit, right? If you see how skinny his neck is, he's useless. Look at this he guy. He has to bend over when he killed, shoots a rocket. He killed two of us last time we went in there. And you know how when we show up somewhere, we're like, hey, we're fucking here. We're really <laughs> loud. We did that, and we still got the drop on him. It was totally fine. And Mando's like, yeah, no, trust me. I, I was going to just kill him and take it. But, like, everybody likes him. So I'm just trying to be a nice guy. And the Tuscan Raiders are like, all right, fine, dude, whatever. Is there, yeah, like, what do you anything want, yeah. for us? Yeah, like, can we yeah. get a pearl out of it at least? Or, like, some, some yeah. crate dragon snot? And, and I, he's like, yeah, I got you on the crate dragon snot. We'll totally get some of that. And I, I think, like that they all speak with the Bane masks, though, like the yes. in the in pushed like masks. Yeah, very cool. I do, do think so- that he volunteered the city right then and there too. He was like, "Hey, dude, right. this guy and his town has volunteered to work with you guys to beat this dragon." So, like, let's and do how it. cool of a of an illustration of the whole plan, right? Of to just show the sand guy dropping more rocks into his <laughs> yeah. His little yeah. diagram Which, of it. It looked it like was, tootsie rolls to me, to be honest. Like I don't think they have, they have rocks, rolls they on Tatooine. Like no, they like, don't. See, on Tatooine, if there's anything they don't have on Tatooine, it's tootsie rolls. Like, I was, I was probably that's stoned. Well, it, that's I don't think that's a plausible explanation. But probably the point is that he's like he's talking about the scale of this guy's plan, right? He's like, isn't the thing they're using to represent the dragon too big? And the Mandalorian's like, yes, and that oh, was awesome. That's, I think that's how big it is. And, and you can see the Tuscans looking around like, this guy is an idiot, right? They don't, so they, but they, they don't speak uh, regular person. Basic. It's basic in Star Star Wars. They don't speak basic, so they're like, they only speak in screaming. Aurabesh. So if if you want a better word instead of basic, it's Aurabesh. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I want. I'm gonna stick with basic. Yeah, um, stick with basic because Aurabesh is the. Never mind. I'm I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> now I'm gonna tell everybody I know that it's Aurabesh, and if they have a problem with it, to talk to you. Um, but it, so I don't think that they know that Timothy Oliphant is stupid, right? Because they don't speak Oliphant's language, so they're like. To him or to them, he's just dangerous and good looking. So they're like, <laughs> they're like, we need more people. And the Mandalorian's like, well, the good looking guy has a bunch of people. And they're like, okay, how many does he have? And how many of them look like him? 
you know. <laughs> obviously, Mandalorians like none of them are that good looking, but they will all help you out. So he's like, okay, like this many will help out, or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, once he's got all of his forces sprinkled into place, they ostensibly have an off-screen meeting where. You know, Mandalorian is like standing between a regular person and a sand person, where he's like, "What was that?" Okay, okay. He says, "Uh, uh, uh, uh okay." Uh, he says, "No." Like there was a whole, there must have been a whole thing because they came well, they they do the video. sign language too, though. Right. A lot of a lot of it is very, sign language, though. Still a very intricate plan. Like, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Got to get the thing to chase us, and then we're. Before that, we're going to bury some bombs under it. Um, well, and I think that what they needed was the Tusken Raiders for their Banthas and the humanoids for their bombs. Like, that I, was probably I, one of the next reasons they came together was because they had more people and they had bombs. And then the Tusken Raiders had, like, oh, animals to feed. Yeah, no, no, like no. A collaborative I, effort, I guess. I, I totally get it. I just feel like the plan itself is a little bit shitty. Like... So I wonder yeah, you're if right. to indicate that, like, look, it was just hard for them to communicate, okay? Like, you try speaking and screaming in sign language to tell somebody, no, it has to come 400 yeah. meters out and then stop, and then we're going to bury the bombs beneath it. But you have to put the bombs this far down, and then you have to put a layer of sediment over top of those bombs. So you're <laughs> trying to communicate all this through screaming, right? Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, like, why no, you're right. Why don't you pick a plan that was like, okay, let's load up five Banthas with all the bombs we'll put the banthas in a circle he'll eat all the banthas at once we'll blow the bombs everybody goes home we call it good well it kind of seems like <laughs> they're like we'll no, go no, to the no. winchester we'll have a pint <laughs> let's not do that that sounds like it could work but let's not do that i let's think that was their plan to begin with i no, think the plan was to make him walk on the bombs and then blow the bombs up <laughs> Well, but but they had the bantha with the. It was like a plan B no, was that, the bomb. No, that bantha that bantha was purely for bomb transport, Josh. Oh, okay. That's what see, I what what I gathered was that they wanted the dragon to eat the bantha, but then it just kept chasing the Tuscans because okay. it's like tremors and it follows vibrations instead so that's of. That's what happened. That's what happened the first time, right? But my point is like. The first time we see the crate dragon, it eats a bantha. When they go to appease the crate dragon, they bring a bantha. It doesn't end up eating the bantha, but they bring the... it as bait. And then, Maybe. so if yeah, it's yeah. the sound thing, you put one guy. And here's <laughs> the thing about the Star Wars universe: nobody is thinking, right? You put <laughs> one guy in front of a recorder or, like, say, an astromech droid, and you have him go, Rrr! and then you put that astromech droid. On the back of a bantha, strapped with explosives, and you send that bantha just down the hall, like at the entrance to Dragon Town. Just send that bantha down the hall because guess what's in there? Nothing but dragon. And as soon as he gets in there, that dragon's gonna be like, "I'm gonna just eat the shit out of you." And when that happens, then you hit the button, call it a day. But it's like, how how is nobody in space going? let's do this safely or let's do this with technology or let's do this from a distance or and you so guys have been desert for a thousand years have you come up with anything other than a rifle maybe like, that just furthers your point of the language barrier and he kind of could only do what he could do he was like 
shit, okay, this plan, it's kind of like that, the one that I had, but like, but this, they're not understanding this. He's not understanding this. Like, these people don't like the Tuscans. Like, whatever, just bury some bombs. We'll figure it out. So you're telling me that the simplified length, screaming, and sign language version of that plan is get the thing to go an exact distance, put the bombs under its feet, detonate the bombs. <laughs> there's some there's some pieces of it where I'm just like, this falls apart on inspection. Star but, Wars is still made for kids, and a kid could come up with that plan, and it would work. But that's the thing. It, yeah, it's very like, um, we'll make the bad guy slip on marbles on his way to the door <laughs> yeah. of a plan, right? Okay. And I'm okay with that, because it happens. I mean, if there's one place that happens, it's Star Trek, and I'm yeah. fine with it. It's well, the good thing is, I was like, this is an excellent fight. It's a very cool thing. It just feels like you didn't need to have several layers of like, oh, that plan didn't work. Let's try another plan. It's a giant dragon. The fight is is dramatic enough. Like, the there good, doesn't have to be two versions of a dragon fight. The good point is that the plan completely failed. The whole thing just backfired because. You know, the, the dragon didn't go out far enough, and all the fans trying to do the bomb, and Mando's like, no, he's got to come out farther. We got to bring him out farther. And then, so this is where they get in their jetpacks, or they get their jetpacks on, and you start, like, seeing them going towards the dragon and doing all that shit. And, like, the cool fight scene of this whole... <laughs> yes, that too. That... <laughs> the very robotic toy version of Timothy Oliphant. God, that was awesome. Anyway, <laughs> which this scene also kind of another homage to like Boba Fett. Like this is what you wanted Boba Fett scenes to be back in Empire. This is what you wanted to see him flying through Tatooine with a jetpack and shooting at a dragon. And like, <clears throat> yes, he shot his his missile really weird, but he still shot the missile and he used his little eye focus thing, his targeting computer like. That whole scene was kind of like, it's not Boba Fett, but right. it could be. You right. know? It's, John, it's John Favreau going, is this what you want? Is this enough? Can you yeah. get over it now, please? Yeah. Like, look, there's a, there, the armor is flying around. It's kicking ass. Can we call it even? Yeah. Anybody else going to give you that? Nobody else can give you that except John Favreau. Get out of my yep. fucking face. Yep. <laughs> So and then you know and then and then the the improvisation of Mando where he's like take care of the child I'm going to do something get out of here I think that that was that was a weird tone it was like he thought he was going to die right so to be like take care of the kid and then implied for me forever because I loved you and I'm going to die and then he like goes to do the thing it's like what like why would this cause suddenly supersede your quest? You've been quested as you've said two or three times now, which right. I didn't know you could be quested. I thought <laughs> you went on a quest. I didn't know it was something somebody did to you, but um, I, and why why didn't he just say, "Look, if this goes south, please take care of this kid for me." No, why didn't he say, hey, if this goes south, I'm going to fucking kill you, take the armor and the kid and leave, because I don't give a shit about any of this. <laughs> That's true, yeah. No doubt. Like, my job is to get the kid to the thing, and I don't, like, how could I possibly give a fuck? But doesn't this play on Mando's kind of, like, soft side? 
where he's like, great, I've agreed to help these people. Oh, geez. It was an accident. Go ahead. But isn't it kind of like, I've agreed to help these people, so I'm going to follow it to the end? He's like, he's kind of quested himself to complete this mission to get his prize, which is an honor thing. get this honor fucking thing. armor off of this poser over here because he's disrespecting the Mandalorian name. Right. It's an honor thing for him, right? So he gave his word and also the armor thing. Yeah. That makes sense. I just, yeah. I, and yeah. I get it. I see, I it see where just... it's like, why wouldn't you just pack up and leave? Well, but... it was a weird moment because to me, it's like, I guess what it means is like, is that their way of showing the Mandalorian is really only beholden to himself and his sense of honor? regardless of what his current mission is, which you could argue they spent the entire first season establishing. But do you think that's just meant to remind us, like, hey, remember, he's got his own code, he's going to do things his way. Right. Even if it means, you know, that he has to get eaten to save some people. Which he did get eaten, which was cool. I did like that scene. It was, I mean, it made him more of a badass, I guess. It kind of yeah, furthers I the legend of... Jin Jarin, but it kind of makes me wonder though, like, does that set is that um Dune Worm or whatever the thing is called? Is that Crate Dragon? Sorry, does it not eat with its teeth because it has a lot of teeth, but it seems like it's just swallowing, it guys. just swallows really well with its acid stomach, it probably oh, yeah, digests it. I don't know, I would assume that because because it does live in a sarlacc pit. It like, probably it, works how animals work. It did. <laughs> they they did describe his cavern or his cave as like an old sarlacc cave, and so he did have to probably chew through the sarlacc to eat that thing like, and take over like the, the cave. That was a good uh, yeah mood line, right? When he goes, "There's no such thing as an abandoned sarlacc pit." Goes, well, there is if you eat the sarlacc. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think yeah. there's a person on set? For Mandalorian, whose job it is to just hand cigarettes to the actors between takes. <laughs> like, hey, that was good, but nobody's gonna believe that you're in a space desert in the future if you don't sound like absolute garbage. So <laughs> smoke some more reds. <laughs> you need to drag these down, man. I wouldn't doubt it. You're you're probably right. But anyway, he that that him getting eaten by the, the dragon and then you know, blowing it up, or he—I guess he electrocuted him from the inside. Which I did have yeah, questions said, about the acid to, thing to me, because it's like it looked like he that electric thing like paralyzed it, so kind of stopped him from getting swallowed the rest of the way, or, or it, like, stopped, stopped the glands from, from pushing that right. acid into him or so whatever. It's like you're kind of, eh, and then I'm gonna fly out of you, and then I'm gonna blow you up. Which is not something I've said to very many people, I'll be honest. <laughs> Disney says he hears that Sarlacc tastes like chicken. Hey, you know. Or whatever's, chicken whatever's tastes like Sarlacc. Because it is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So yeah, right That would there. be the worst discovery. Like, <laughs> what's in your chicken tonight at 10? <laughs> Sarlacc. Um... So they they blow up this this dragon, Mando flies out all heroically, which was cool. I liked it. I like seeing his giant gun in action. I think that's that's freaking awesome. 
and I did like the uh, the end result of you know him. He basically just single handedly took that dragon down. He didn't need those other people. He could have just done it himself. Yeah, and then he just lets them just stand in his pile of steaming pastrami to take whatever <laughs> they want. Like <laughs> he did get a nice big fat chunk of meat though. Which Baby Yoda was very proud of, if you noticed. But he, he got was so like, stoked. He got like twenty five pounds of pastrami, and they got like just a freaking football field. Full Wasn't of that the agreement though? They kind of got everything because Tuscans will eat the whole, the whole dragon. <laughs> we use every part of the crate dragon. I mean, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do an episode fully in Tuscan Raider one day. You can't make Tuscan Raider sounds without sounding like kind of an asshole. Like, is that? But is that? Hey, it is what it is. You know, it kind of is what it is. Um, yeah. So they, Josh, really quickly, it's been Halloween for eleven minutes. Oh, happy Halloween. Yes, we're both in costume. I'm going to be wearing this costume again tomorrow for our episode. Come join us tomorrow night for some spooky Colorado stories. Okay, they get the carcass. That was the deal. Okay, cool. So anyway, they get this carcass. They're rummaging through it. They find the pearl. Super cool. Baby Yoda has his big thing of meat. Um, And, you know, you get the Boba Fett armor. Everything is good on Tatooine. And Mando speeds off into the sunset like the western sheriff that he is um now this scene right here this is the the everyone's talking about this scene Ew, did you see the last person on the so anyway <laughs> yeah mando's driving away they do a zoom out and you see who else but um God, what's his freaking name? I have it written down right here, too. Tamora uh, Morrison, who played Django Fett and every single clone back in episode two and episode three. Really? Is that who that was? Yes. To me, it looked like... Did you not notice, Did you not notice that? It looked like Michael Chiklis or something. Like, just generic, fat, bald guy. Like, I, I didn't recognize him at all. No, yeah, it was... He's a little older, obviously, so... The actor who plays uh, the clones, Django Fett, episode two, that's the oh, last Fets. guy you see, the Fets. Yeah, so everyone's freaking out, man. They're freaking out because everyone thinks it's Boba Fett. Yes, his face is very scarred. Yes, it's... he looks like a man that's been broken down. But I guarantee it's a new character that John Favreau's like has nothing to do with it. How many clones are out there? That are still alive. A lot. There has to be. Is there a clone? A lot. Also. <laughs> okay. And this is what I've said since the beginning. And I'm going to keep fucking screaming it from the mountaintop. Until I am proved otherwise by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. And the writers of this show. Tamura, Tamura Morrison is playing Rex. And possibly Echo and any other clone from the 501st that works with Ahsoka. Ahsoka has actually been confirmed for this show. 
the Rosario, um, Dawson, right? Rosario Dawson and has absolutely been confirmed as Ahsoka. Um, and then there's the other actress, um, the wrestler actress that has all but been confirmed that it's Sabine. She's playing Sabine Wren, which would make sense because of the Darksaber aspect of this. They're bringing those two characters in to kind of complete the Darksaber story from Rebels. Now, my big thing, Rex follows Ahsoka everywhere. They're like best friends. Um, and <sighs> I think that it's Rex following Yoda or following Mandalorian. To me personally, I think that he's been kind of following them around, seeing what's going on and kind of, you know, watching the wreckage that Mando's leaving behind. So was that him uh, on Tatooine in the last episode from last season? Yeah, and and I really think that even if he's not with Ahsoka still, he knows where she is, and that's what's going to get Mando. Because right now, if you look at this story and anywhere that it went, where's he going? He has no destination now. After right. beating the Crate Dragon and getting the Boba Fett armor... There is absolutely no destination. The only thing he had before from uh, Gar, whatever his name is, Gar, Gore Koresh, was that there was a Mandalorian that he could talk to on Tatooine. Well, come to find out that wasn't a real Mandalorian, and now he has nowhere to go. So what better person than Rex to be like, oh, I know where you might be able to find a Jedi because I used to work with this person. She right. is one of my best friends. You go to planet Calamari. Oh my God. Don't, don't, oh, don't. So you're saying, Mando I think forgot to update his LinkedIn profile. Cause otherwise they would have just made that network connection right away. They'd have been like, Oh, you worked with, Oh, okay. Oh, I know you. Okay. Yeah. Dude, you should come over. I guess be our guy. I guess in a way, or like Ahsoka did did kind of play a background shadow character in Rebels where she kind of knew what was going on but wasn't really present. And so what if this is a she has Rex out there following Mando and making sure that, uh, or not following, but just kind of studying, seeing what he's doing because there's rumors of this child that has powers that's very reminiscent of an old Jedi Master. And so, um, I mean, there's there just too many variables for me to definitively say that Tamura Morrison is playing Boba Fett right there at the end. No one at Disney has confirmed that. Okay, so let's say he's playing Rex and he exists to uh, hook up Mando and Ahsoka. Um, do you think that's going to happen this season or will that be like the last thing that happens this season? I, I think it's going to happen very... Uh, I think it'll happen in the next two or three episodes where they hook up with either Sabine or Ahsoka um, because you have to establish the Darksaber quest for Sabine and Ahsoka as well as um, continuing the Baby Yoda finding his home or whatever. Because like so... the, the whole reason Sabine is going to join them or they are going to join them is because of this Darksaber, because they are also after Moff Gideon. And so Moff Gideon being after Baby Yoda kind of, you know. So it's a, it's a collision course. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. Okay. So 
what would you give the episode overall as a rating out of like 10? I mean, I give it a nine out of 10 and I, I, I loved the episode. Um, I, yeah, nine, nine out of nine out of 10. Oh no. It looks like I lost Jesse. Oh, there. And he's back. Working Um, on it. Disney says we've only seen him on Tatooine though twice. Um, the first time that we saw the caped figure, he had spurs, or she had spurs. We don't know that that was Tamora Morrison because when he walks away in this shot, there are no spurs. Hmm. From what I can I, tell, I really felt like I heard spurs. Maybe, on maybe there were. No, I think I heard spurs on Mando, but it could have just been like a, some other plank. Yeah. I look. I, I know. I know. Everybody wants Boba Fett to be back, but it just, it just no, no. He's dead. He's he fucking. He's dead. He's dead. I think so. <clears throat> but you know, it's and it's gonna. This is this whole thing is gonna burn me here in like three weeks, because <laughs> he's gonna come out and be like, <clears throat> I'm Boba, and I'm just gonna start the episode with my head down because like. I I, I I don't want it. I really don't. As just, I want new I, things. I want new things for for Star Wars that are. Can yeah, I don't know. I just I just I want faith, new stuff. I have faith in John Favreau. I think he's not stupid. I think he basically I have, went to them and said like, "Hey, do you uh, do you notice Iron Man?" I have more faith in yeah. Dave Filoni keeping John Favreau together, grounded right? to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and I think that. Dave Filoni would be the one to be like, no, John, we can't bring in Boba Fett. But what we could do is play on this Vanth character over here. And John is the guy that would be like, oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. Let's do like every, he could think of anything. Yeah. And Filoni's like, yeah, man, I, I, you know, George really wouldn't do that. So I just want to break down like Boba Fett's background for you. Like he would, he wouldn't come back. And I just don't think that we should really go with that. But what we could do is, and I think, I think Filoni's kind of been keeping John grounded on that stuff. I assume that that's a dead, perfect impersonation of Filoni. It's fairly close, fairly close. (laughs) Um, it's not like the best, but it's it's close. Disney wouldn't they want to retrieve his armor to keep it from falling into the hands of non-Mandalorians? Isn't that why they would do that? That was the reason that Mando retrieved it. The reason it was retrieved in the beginning was that the Jawas found it in the desert. Right. Gotcha. Which maybe they found it in the desert, maybe they found it outside of the anus hole of a Sarlacc pit. Or the Sarlacc pit di- digested something and spit the armor out. Or, for the people that want Boba Fett, maybe he took off the armor on his way out, and they're trying to bring the story from Legends back. Maybe. That could that could very well be. I still don't think... And, and again, like I said earlier in the show, what they're going to do is be like, aren't you Boba Fett? And he's going to be like, no. Boba Fett's dead. And then he'll be like, but you look a lot like Boba Fett. And he's going to be like, that was in a past life. I'm no longer Boba Fett. He's dead. Like, you know, it'll be something only, fucking dumb like that. I'm only Boba Fett from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 
anyway, we should we should end this. We've been going on for way too long about about Mandalorian and, and Boba Fett and stuff. Um, I want to thank everyone for joining us on this episode. Go ahead. Uh, how long do Sarlaccs digest? Yes, over thousands of years. Yeah, no. I get that. Well, we don't know because they said that they studied its digestive. Pa- oh no, they studied the digestive patterns of the crate dragon, not of the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. My fault. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Sarlacc, and he says three PO in in Return of the Jedi says you will be digested slowly over thousands of years and blah 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 blah. Oh, but isn't three PO functioning as like Jabba's mouthpiece at that point? So couldn't that be like a little Jabaganda to make him feel a little more scared? Yeah could be and see here's here's where that scene earlier that i'm saying where where mando shoots his way out of the dragon is gonna come into play with boba fett it's gonna he's he's gonna be like i saw what you did with the dragon Mm, i did the same thing about three years ago was sarlacc though but you know i did it he should find like a, a holocron right where it's like oh here's exactly what happened and he like almost pulls that off and then just like runs out of gas falls back down and dies I think that yeah. would work. I, I have read a, I have read a couple things where people are like, uh, he probably shed his armor and was so embarrassed that he got beat by a blind man that he decided he was no longer a Mandalorian and gave up everything, blah, blah, blah. And so Mando's going to have to bring him back to the light, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. He's enjoying that's, the bounty hunter. Blah, blah, dude, blah. You know, that's, that's the thing about Klingons is that honor is really important to them. And if you impugn <laughs> the honor... And they gotta get it back. So I could see that being a solid plot point. I can just see Disney grinding his teeth right now at me about this whole Boba Fett thing too. And I'm sorry, but I don't want him back. <laughs> oh, Disney, if you haven't been watching, you should go back because I've been giving Josh no end of crap. <laughs> um Yeah, so with that, what do you what do you guys think is happening right now with is, is that Boba Fett? Is it Rex? Is it a completely new character? Um, we're definitely going to discuss this as the season goes on. Um, we're going to have Mandalorian after shows every Friday, um, whether it be in the morning or at night with a robotic. Maybe it's Django's head with a robotic body. Yeah, that's okay. Sure. Yeah, well, I'll take it. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I hope we're not. But that's not what I guess. <laughs> He's a yeah. You know what? I think. I think the guy at the end was um, Boss Nass with a bunch of concealer. Like, because he's kind of melty. Like, I think that's who it is. Every Friday, uh, make sure to watch Mandalorian and then come talk about it with us as we discuss and kind of break down these episodes. Um, this week has been a lot of fun. If you missed any part of this episode, you'll be able to find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, tomorrow, actually today now, Halloween, uh, we have our special Halloween spooky time episode. We are going to be discussing all the spooky things around Colorado and then telling our own scary stories. Um, I know we have a couple people lined up for that, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fairly scary. Maybe I'll have a flashlight underneath my face in a dark room and we'll, I'll throw some sand into a fire. I'll go with, tell some uh... stories like scary red lighting there you go i'm like i'm digging this lighting man you're making me jealous (laughs) i need to get my own lighting now 
Anyway, join us tomorrow. Um, also join us on Sunday for the first ever Scooter's Fresh Creation episode. We're going to be cooking southern fried chicken. We're going to be doing it live as best as we can. I've never done a cooking show, so it could be a little crazy. But either way, uh, Sunday about 7 o'clock in the evening, we're going to be doing that cooking show. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you all again for watching and listening to the Movement Podcast our Mandalorian breakdown. Uh, Jesse, thank you for joining us. Even though My you're pleasure. a huge Trekkie and all that, it was great to have you and on here. So You know how it goes. Sometimes when your, your podcast family reaches out to you, you have to be there for them. Absolutely. Once again, my name is Josh. My name is Jesse. We're the Movement Podcast. We'll talk at you very soon. Yeah.